0: what up what's going on how you doing i'm good i was talking to the audience Trieron, but okay introduce yourself i don't you? i it's really darn here uh yeah. that was me talking for you that's what you get for interrupting me uh <laughs> i'm Ed gallo it's a good this is a good intro i think <laughs> stick to this one let's yeah. put it in the front of all of them but uh you know we're out of our groove because our last two mma podcasts have been disastrous Misses. parties yeah
1: absolutely wild
0: there's been people there um <laughs> so <laughs> we haven't really been doing our usual format but we're back to it thank you for uh either suffering through those or enjoying them or ignoring them whatever you did you, you did a good job uh there was no wrong choice there uh just kind of existed but we weren't going to talk about those terrible cards
1: yeah there was we're back to a, a fun schedule this time uh, not a schedule but at least there's one good card coming up soon um, um After that, it's actually kind of back to the bad cards, but at least there's like one fun fight per card, so.
0: We'll figure something out.
1: Yeah. This is fun too. It's more intimate.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this week on the Fight Sites MMA podcast, we're going to talk about UFC 263. We're going to preview all the fights we care about, give you our breakdowns, you know, spill the beans. It's going to be cool. And before that, we're going to talk a little bit about the PFL event. And we have a Patreon question from Evan Lee. Thank you, Evan. It's a pretty nice question. Um, So, UFC 263, obviously, good card. Best in a while. We're going to talk about it on Thursday. The Pro Fighters League. Is that what it stands for? Professional Fighters League? Professional
1: Fighters League, yeah.
0: Fighters League, not Fight League. Uh, (laughs) It belongs (laughs) to the fighters, damn it. It's communist. Um, uh, Benny would never fight there. He'd fit right in too.
1: That's true, actually.
0: He'd be champ, he's one of but those fight- you know.
1: yeah. he's one of those fighters who should go, but he's happy with how the UFC underpays him because capitalism.
0: He'd see Rashid and get PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, TFL uh, has an event. Uh, their events are kind of weird in format, and the card orders don't always make sense because they they do these tournaments and like, and they you know, to their credit, most of the people in their tournaments are around the same level. Uh, which is funny because Lance Palmer keeps winning the featherweight one, <laughs> but you know most of the other guys besides like Lance Palmer uh, in the past have been around the same level, so it's you know pretty even in terms of name value a lot of the time, or at least skill value, and they're just spread throughout the card because they don't really, I don't know, I don't know how they why they do it the way they do it, but I mean like last time made sense where they had Anthony Pettis in the main event. Um, that wasn't last time, but you know, last time we talked about it. <laughs> um, having Anthony Pettis in the main event, despite there being higher skill fights on the card, um, like I think that was uh, Jenkins and Palmer when they fought each other. That that might have been that card. Like that, that's a more interesting fight just from skill for skill uh, perspective at this point. Because Pettis yeah. is, you know, past it, done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was their plan again with this card. They're gonna have Pettis headline, despite there being more interesting fights. He's fighting this guy, Alexander Martinez barely know a thing about him but he was in Julian's video Julian talked about him so I know that he's lanky uh and you know does normal things on the feet but not well and is like kind of a grappler it's like all right well (laughs) I don't know I don't know how it's gonna go but Julian was like I don't know he's got like reach on him and Pettis doesn't usually do well with that and it it made me sad to think about that like just some guy could beat Pettis because like the style matchup was kind of tough just that like the skill and athleticism gap isn't what it used to be where like it didn't really matter as much like he could he could get through tough stylistic matchups
1: yeah i mean i don't know much about martinez either i don't know if many people do uh but pettis pulling out makes this a significantly less interesting fight it's a uh, natan schulte in the uh fight now to moved to the prelims which i mean it makes some sense uh, at the top of the prelims, I think. Yeah, yeah the only I reason don't... it was
0: on the main card at all was it was just Pettis. They were sticking Pettis at the top. So without him, like, oh, you're not really anything. Off to the prelims with you, yeah, with our I mean, former fair, champion.
1: <laughs> fair enough, honestly. I mean, Schulte is kind of a pain to watch, but uh, he did lose to Martin Held, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he, he's also on this card. He
0: won their last season, right? He's he's like the returning lightweight champion. I believe so. Imagine that putting your <laughs> champion on the prelims. That's they they know. They know he's boring.
1: Yeah, it really uh, speaks to how <laughs> Schulte comes off. <laughs> uh,
0: so that's not really on the card anymore. The main event now is the uh, MMA debut of Claressa Shields. Uh, if you don't know, she won a bunch of titles in pro boxing. I think she holds some sort of record for, like, simultaneous titles or total titles at different weight classes. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, cool, cool accomplishment. Yeah. But I don't really watch boxing as is, uh, let alone, you know, there's my misogyny for this podcast you're welcome um no it's just because it's at a low level it's not it has yeah. nothing to do with women it's just it's it's like actually you know it's worse than women's mma i would say um it's pretty bad so i don't know why that is probably institutional reasons anyway Clarissa shields she also won the olympics twice which is pretty dope i would say um she is fighting Brittany elkin who it's at 155, first of all, so you're not going to know any women's 155ers except for, like, Kayla Harrison, if you know Kayla Harrison. Um, <laughs> so Brittany Elkin, not, like, even a particularly successful uh, women's lightweight so far. She has a losing record. Uh, she's 3-6, and six, and, you know, on the bright side, that means she's experienced. Um, she's She's a grappler. I don't think she's been knocked out at all. She's been knocked out once
1: okay so. i mean yeah i don't follow uh women's lightweight as a division i know Brittany britney how dare you with, uh, oh that's <laughs> true yeah, i know it's very deep and i simply don't have the time to go through and look at everyone uh but yeah i know britney elkin trains with our friend zach makovsky staff right. member so uh, i mean i think that's enough of reason to look forward to this exactly uh, you know optimism i'm very optimistic
0: yeah i mean you know whoever she was working with before this isn't as good as good as zach at you know in general or for the thing that she needs for this fight which is wrestling um so i would say that's a pretty good fit um they've been working together for a few months now i think maybe longer Uh, zach's training up uh in uh, the lehigh valley where he he grew up which is pretty sweet um i gotta get up there soon it's a couple hours drive but worth worth the trip i think um I think at the gym is called Finishers. So yeah, Zach's coaching there, there now uh, pretty regularly, which is great. Um, I think that's definitely a great career for him when he doesn't want to sure. fight anymore. He can do that full time. Um, also, if you haven't listened to any of our content with Zach Makovsky before, you gotta. You gotta. Like yeah, he's, he's amazing. Everything he has to say is always like very interesting and resonant and true and from a, a real expert's opinion. Now, we're experts in, in a way, uh, but he's, he's double double expert. Um, yeah, there are a lot of fighters who don't think about
1: fighting in the same way, but he's one of those who definitely does. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so and he's got the collegiate to. wrestling background and he's got the professional strength and conditioning background. So he knows everything about everything that you need to know anything about. Um great grappler, you know, knows the striking, big boxing fan. Like he's got it all. Awesome
1: um, wrestling tricks from the striking.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. He he was a cool he, he is a cool fighter still. If you didn't watch Beat his last John fight Dawson. he got robbed. Yeah. He got robbed again, yeah he got robbed <laughs> against Dodson too um, but he had a cool lat drop and he had a cool single leg finish and he did some cool riding and he did a lot of counter punching and he had a cool knee to the body. He did all sorts of cool stuff. And he's like, an however long into his career now, um, getting robbed against this really physical, but like rote dude, we'll watch it. We'll put it on Patreon. We'll, we'll watch it together. We'll me means Zach coach. and we'll score it and show why it's stupid. Anyway, Zach is her coach. We made this all about Zach. Um, <laughs> but he said that she's, you know, big and strong. She's a grappler. She's a top player uh, not like a leg locker or anything like that. I think pretty traditional. Um, and I've seen a little bit of her training footage with wrestling. I mean, it wasn't like spectacular, but, uh, she knows what she's doing generally. And I feel like it's getting better progressively because of who she's working with and, uh, nothing that complicated needs to happen for her to take down a really inexperienced wrestler and grappler. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it'll take like a quarter of one of Zach's tricks and his prime to really do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, Clarissa Shields. I don't really know anything about what she was like in women's boxing.
0: Nope. You know what? Neither do she I. Was like. What's that? <laughs> neither do I. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's like big power puncher who throws like huge uppercuts or whatever, it might be a bit scary. But who knows? Um, and you know, it's it's a weird fight because no one really knows what's going on with either of them. But uh, I think the grappler is generally in a better position to take down someone who's not right. really known to have a strong wrestling base. So, like didn't uh, we
0: do this already at UFC one through like twenty? Pretty <laughs> much, it's like
1: the James Tony Randy Couture fight basically. Just dive onto an
0: ankle and just uh, stay there. very different levels of each of their <laughs> thing. <laughs> but yeah, we hope we hope Brittany wins because I mean like yeah. I don't know enough about Clarissa Shields to have anything against her. Uh, so it's not like I want her to lose because anything like that. I just like. It would be annoying for someone to come in from a complete striking background, no experience with anything else. Uh train at Jackson Wink of all oh, gyms for a small period for me of time. To her. And then, you know, be a, an experienced MMA fighter who's been doing it a while and he is a grappler, like is the contrasting skill area that should yeah. be the thing that you lose to when you're inexperienced, um as a striker. So it's like that should happen. If that makes sense to happen, so yeah. it's double double, triple, however many reasons you need. Um, but the Jackson Wing thing, I think, is going to be a a good one for you, right? That's good motivation. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I'm on Team Zach either way, so it didn't really matter whether Shields was, you know, a great person or. A but great moving forward. Or, but yeah, uh, and I think Kyle, who is familiar with boxing, is not a big fan of Clarissa Shields, which is enough for me.
0: Kyle like hates her, so yeah. it's something about. I was being I was her understating it. You a know, cornerman know. like punching someone, and it was her brother. I don't know i couldn't make sense of it but if anyone wants to explain it to me go ahead so that's <laughs> yeah, the main this... event um it's definitely going to be like a not like it's it's not going to be a good fight it's definitely not going to be a good fight but but there's a dynamic there. there's there's something to watch you're like all right what's what's going to happen here uh just to figure it out and i mean like if they can just build a division around kayla harrison and Clarissa shields and then like they fight a couple years down the line that could be pretty cool um although i think kayla harrison is way more well suited to dominate women's mma Um, yeah because she can actually like shoot leg attacks and like wrestle lower body which sets her completely apart from ronda rousey Um, yeah i mean the trickiest
1: thing for her is that every division above 135 is just non-existent yeah but
0: yeah they can find people just to keep keep the record going true so that's our analysis of pfl's upper weights um anyway the coming events clay collard he, he beat Pettis in his last fight, and yet I'm still not into it. So I'm cool to move on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of what I know about Clay Collard is he lost to Max Holloway, and he had a surprisingly successful um, pro boxing run. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about Joylton Luterbach. So, yeah. <laughs> Go Clay Collard, I guess. He made that up. Uh, that's what it says on Wikipedia, Joylton Luterbach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: got to be brazilian right
1: i'm not sure i can't place it at all i've never heard of a brazilian named bach
0: uh well if it's a german last name it, it being in south america would actually make a lot of sense yeah
1: that check out actually. there was
0: a german diaspora to yeah. to the south american but what is joylton that's of... that's the portuguese
1: oh is it i've never heard that name i looked it up
0: he is brazilian okay. I nailed it
1: oh <laughs> god you cheated okay <laughs>
0: No, I said it before I looked it up. I just wanted to confirm. Got it. I know, I know my Brazilians. So (laughs) That's happening. Uh, The third fight on the main card, or second fight on the main card, third from the top, is uh, Bubba Jenkins, uh, NCAA champion, you know, MMA veteran at this point. Uh, Really, really dynamic uh, talent, you know, very physical, uh, very skilled, just, like, never seemed to be, like, fully in the game uh, with MMA. I know, like, it's his career for sure, but I think he, like, probably coaches wrestling a little bit too like i've seen him in people's fight camps um but he beat lance palmer in his last fight uh and like took him down and rode him which is pretty great um, because palmer yep. has done that to everyone else he fought <laughs> so it's like i was better than you in college and i am still better than you and there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was yeah. funny um I lance don't really palmer know isn't on this card is he
1: uh, no, I don't see him. I don't really know anything about Jenkins as a opponent either. I've seen Bobby Moffat on certain UFC cards. But um, yeah, I think I remember the Barzolo fight being tons of fun. But other than that, nothing much.
0: Barzolo so, fights are, by default, a certain level of fun just because of his activity level.
1: That's true. I mean, he kind of kept up with him. I don't know whether I scored it for him, but it did turn up a split decision. So, who knows? Uh, he lost to Bryce Mitchell. and He uh,
0: did submit Kelly. Uh, Yeah,
1: did maybe just yeah, yeah bravo choke for him
0: yeah it looks like maybe it was like a non-tap situation or like a, he called a technical submission when he was still not out you know what i mean yeah they, they I, I remember
1: i remember being a legit submission it's just the referee called it a bit early or something i don't know i don't
0: know he's very jokey though so maybe maybe pull one out yeah i don't know it's like a striker i don't care about and a guy who has like a couple cool submissions i might just go that way um <laughs> Brandon Lockdown is fighting Tyler Diamond, which is, uh, you might not know those guys, but I mean, I, I think you probably heard of because he had the Contender Series fight, and then he knocked out Shaman in his last fight, which is so sad. So very sad.
1: A huge um, tragedy.
0: A, a massive tragedy for, for all. Um, but, you know, congrats to him. I think he trains out of Alliance. I think he's with Cruz. And That's them? also a uh, fun fact for our listeners that Roman Bravo Young has been training with Cruz a lot um, lately and he just won an NCAA title for Penn State he's from Arizona uh, just like Cruz and uh, I've seen him training and it looks like he's, he's getting going he definitely does uh, an unnecessary amount of footwork he's picked that up right away but it looks uh, fairly controlled even, despite being unnecessary um, so shout out Roman Bravo Young he's going to be really really good um, like, immediately so that's <laughs> yeah. pretty sweet but, yeah, he's fighting uh, Tyler Diamond, who is a wrestler. He wrestled at North Dakota State, I think. And then he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, who are the coaches?
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Um,
0: so Brad Katona was on that season. and why
1: can't season I think of Season 27.
0: It? Which... The jerseys were orange and blue or something. <laughs> orange and black. Aren't
1: they always that? Oh, I guess they're usually...
0: No, they change it.
1: Uh, looks like... Miacic-Cormier? Oh, it? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a good season, I think. But Tyler Diamond had is really tough. Like, he had a crazy fight with uh, this guy Jay Cuccinello on the show. It was a really, really crazy, like, body-hitting performance from Cuccinello. But Diamond, like, was wrecking him, like, before, uh, earlier in the fight. He, he's good athlete, uh, really good, like, wrestling for MMA basics. Um, he's, he's Team Alpha Male, or at least he used to be, so... Um, he has a mullet now, which makes me not want to like him. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be a good fight.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know a ton about either guy here on the I've seen Loughlin fight before. Uh, I saw him beat uh, Bill Algeo on the Contender Series thing, uh, yeah. and he just get completely snubbed, which uh, hasn't aged super well because Algeo is at least, like, broadly competitive with a lot of okay guys in the UFC now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's pretty solid. Uh, Tyler Diamond I haven't seen as much of. Um uh, you know want to fight the ultimate fighter so fair
0: <laughs> enough i think it was the uh the semifinals or, or something like that it was like the the one before the finale
1: yeah he lost to cuccinello uh, right before cuccinello fought katona in the finals
0: yeah uh prelims like we said schultz fighting martinez cool uh martin held the new best lightweight in pfl um boxed up Natan Schulte in his last fight, which is uh, not unexpected, especially the way he it did was it. Great. Right, You're like ridiculously yeah. loopy and weird.
1: Yeah, just around Schulte's high guard. Didn't I don't think he really hit the body, but he did. You know, do a lot of around the guard stuff because his form was so dumb. Mm-hmm.
0: Super super jank. Um, Incredible. He's fighting uh, OAM Olivier Albon Mercier, who was in the O C for a long time, and t- t- turned out to be pretty solid, just kind of lacking. Focus, would you say, that that could make him any sort of threat?
1: Yeah, I'd say OAM was a fighter who was really hard to look good against but not super hard to beat.
0: Right. Um, he had a lot of competencies and he was strong and he he had a pretty good gas tank, but like he didn't really have a game he put on people.
1: Yeah, like he could wrestle, like super competently defensively especially uh he like kimura swept alexander hernandez and he held armin Sarukian off him for like a surprising amount of time uh, it's just that those guys could just keep going and going and going and you know, obama Mercier could never like really establish any sort of advantage he just keeps staying on the defensive uh i think he has a win over judober which is a solid win but oh and he beat evan dunham but that was you know past the point of dunham really being a particularly amazing win uh but yeah he it tends to be the guys who are like really power punching um well that was gilbert burns but it tends to be those guys who (laughs) uh, the point is he can kind of get shut out of fights i don't think martin held is the guy to really do that i think they're just going to grapple a lot and that seems reasonably competitive i think martin held is like leg locked a couple people really early in fights but um he's not the most active top player and i'm not sure how he is as a wrestler so this could be fun and competitive but uh you know decent top 20-ish lightweight fight i guess
0: sweet yeah, I'm actually going to make sure I watch this one. I've been missing them. I've been previewing them and not then not watching them. Got to fix that. Um so I'm definitely going to watch this one. It's on a Thursday. Thursday night on ESPN Plus. Can do. Won't be a problem. Uh, other stuff to mention, uh Shayman Rice is fighting uh this guy named Jesse Stern. Never heard of him. I think he has no wiki page, so obviously he sucks. Um, just kidding. Like half the people we've mentioned though, thus far don't have wiki pages. But he was supposed to fight Movlid, uh, Khaibulayev, which would have been horrifying. Very scary. Um, <laughs> just did not want that to happen at all. And then Movlid pulled out. Uh, so. Thank you, Lead. Thank you so much. Oh, Lance Palmer was supposed to be on this card. Um, yeah. They, a bunch of fights got scratched from this card. Cool.
1: Oh, uh, actually I'm just looking at this now. I didn't see this before. Armin Ospinov, it's this, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, uh, he was an ACA for a while. He had a couple of fun performances. Um, let me see. I think he beat someone we care about. Was it... Um, who was it? Mirzaev? Was it Mirzaev? Yes, he beat Rasul Mirzaev in round one. So that's a solid win. Um, I don't really know... Okay, he lost twice to Alexey Polpodnikov, so that's not great. But, um, yeah, he's he's pretty fun. Does a lot of spinning stuff. Uh, I don't really know a ton about Chris Wade, but Osman I was one to watch.
0: Cool. So that's the PFL card. It, it's It's very watchable. It's only like... I mean, there really aren't any fights that I like, would refuse to watch because it's all yeah. lightweights and, <laughs> and featherweights and then, and then the uh, gimmicky fight in the main event. So that's, that's a well-set-up that's a well, well set up card. I wish the UFC would do this and not mix weights too much in their cards. That way I could just completely avoid the ones with the upperweights and yeah. just get really invested in the lighterweight cards. That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good idea just because the upperweight cards would be... I mean, for them it'd be an awful idea just because every other card would have like no views.
0: But. Yeah. For me. <laughs> also, uh, we're not going to talk about it at all, but I, just, I really just want to point out that next week's PFL card is headlined by Rory McDonald versus Glayson Tebow. <laughs> just,
1: okay. I did not ever imagine that fight to be happening. Uh,
0: that seems like a fantasy world. Yeah. Like, they're not even remotely the same. Oh, and there's a
1: the guy who kind of beat up Ben Askren before getting beat up, uh, Alex Dotkin.
0: Is that's he on the next right card?
1: Cooper. Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, let's let's not get sucked into the PFL hole that's happening. Um, <laughs> before we did the UFC card, we have a Patreon request from Evan Lee. Uh, Evan takes all of his opportunities to ask questions, and we really appreciate that. And he is on our Discord server, and uh, we talk about fighting, but also, like, uh, I see him in the video games a lot. And I also see him in all the other, um, like, we have the specific channels for different martial arts styles like the striking like kickboxing the boxing the grappling etc um and he's always he he tries to stay active in all of them asking questions and learning so he's got a good head on his shoulders that guy um good patron 10 out of 10 Uh, yeah we
1: appreciate you
0: yeah yeah there's your review sir he gave (laughs) us a five out of five on our review so i doubled it it's the same (laughs) value but it's bigger numbers so it it means more um there's more at stake (laughs) anyway uh Evan wants to know, in our opinion, what are the most aesthetically pleasing things to see in any combat sport? Uh, You can start.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about this since Ed told me before the show. Uh, I think, so watching the uh, Salahov fight last week, um, uh, pivots are cool, especially when they're like defensive pivots. They always look super clean. Um, Those are always fun to watch. That's one reason Aldo's so cool is, you know, to get guys just, like, running past him and he just turns on them. That's always the funnest thing to watch, and it's a lot rarer than it should be. Like, there are some, you know, offensive pivots when guys, like, jab in and try it, but defensive pivots are always really fun to watch. Um, I don't know. Offensively, I'm not really sure. I like uppercuts, but that's just more, like, (laughs) weird. I don't know why I like uppercuts. I just do. They're a guilty pleasure, I guess. Uh, How about you?
0: I, I like the Dutch style... Um, I think that looks really cool like left hooks and in, into right kicks and, Oh, that's and, very cool and yeah. so on um, just winging massive body shots you uh, just have <laughs> like a really crazy hooks to the body I, li- I like to see that I- I'd also like pivots and like slip pivots especially uh, where yeah. you you know evade a strike and then take a strong angle I think that's always a really cool thing to see it could be rolling could be anything but you know people setting themselves up. Uh, to have windows to hit something really big. It always looks so clean. Um, that's why John Mcdessey has some of my favorite uh, moments striking oh, in the a great one, yeah. Very committed to, to doing that with that lead hand style. Uh, and on that note, like, really stiff jabbing. Uh, it, it just looks so satisfying for a jab to have a lot of impact and to, like, really move somebody. Um, his jab to the head and the body, he he does a good job with that. But I was also thinking of because uh, who just watched his fight with Moreno and, and how satisfying his jab was um, to see... But yeah, yeah, it's mostly that, just people who can hit the body a lot and people who uh, use a very like hip torquing uh, combinations, you know, really get the, the hip into it. Oh, Thomas Almeida. It's funny, like people talk about like his mechanics maybe not being good, but I, I always really got a kick out of it. Uh, how much, how much uh, horsepower he's putting in that everything, because he's really <laughs> twisting his hips on every shot, um, like fully reloading and, and, you know, twisting back into it which, you know, made him a little slow, I guess, but it, it put a lot of power into it, and just, like, watching him just inherently taught me a little bit more about how to add stiffness to your punches and, and stuff, so that that was cool um, to see. But, yeah, I, I definitely like that Dutch, like, power style and, uh, you know, slickness off, off the back foot and, like, encounters and stuff like that is always appreciated. Then, of course, with wrestling, um, similar, <laughs> similar things. I, I really <laughs> like to see, like, big power moves, uh, executed quickly, um, you know. Mark Schultz always said that he had this big notebook for, full of wrestling technique, and he took so many notes, and he was so meticulous. Um, but he was having no success. Uh, he was having he was having success, but not to the level he thought he should be, considering his knowledge. Um, and it's after he started working out with his brother Dave Schultz a little bit more, um, he realized the missing ingredient was brutal force. Um, just every technique is you have to freaking rip, rip it. Um, and he started doing that, and he really committed to like strength training and stuff like that. And he was a gymnast, a high level gymnast before he started wrestling. So uh, he already had that athletic base. But he just started bullying people with this stuff, and all of a sudden he was NCAA champion level, then then world champion, then Olympic champion. Because um, he was an athletic freak, but didn't think to use it. And he's like, oh wait, I should i should do that uh so shout out to the sport of jiu-jitsu for all the hobbyists thinking you don't need to use strength or anything like that like the, all the world champions in nogi are freaking absurdly jacked yeah,
1: like gordon ryan just looks <laughs> yeah. he's massive
0: that's why that's why they're the best uh, they're not just the best technicians they, they are also the most physical um that's super important so anyone that really exemplifies that style I liked so that's why the Russians are really fun they have this really graceful athleticism uh but they 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 hit everything full speed pretty much um but they're not going full speed in between their movements it's when it's time to execute this technique they apply the force at the right times in the right situations for the right burst um it just looks like it, it makes them look like they're like five times faster than other wrestlers because they're so relaxed until they, they start moving and then they explode. Um, but yeah, upper body, lower body doesn't matter. Like, it, it, that, that kind of uh, technique is always really cool. And wrestling, anything that where you're like, use, use a, a big motion or like a misdirection to, to get a big angle, a dominant angle. I like super ducks are always really, really interesting <laughs> to see. Or like even like the super duck entries that the Russians do. Um, stuff like that is super cool. Um, shout out to back to back world champion past couple of years um, Ugoyev at 57 kilograms his game is almost entirely super ducks it's amazing <laughs> it's like all he does he doesn't do anything for like a minute and a half at a time but then he just starts doing super ducks you're like this is worth it it was worth the wait
1: <laughs> I mean I don't really know a ton about wrestling to say what's cool uh, but you know what, what you said before reminds me jab straight boxers are really cool to me uh, I don't really know why. Like, I guess that's this whole thing. It's just stuff that looks cool. But that's probably why Cater and Font, who are basically the same fighter, are probably my favorite fighter in the sport,
0: mm-hmm. uh, they
1: do a lot of that. And they do a lot of uppercuts, which is also why I like them. Uh, but, you know, getting guys out of position and hitting them really hard is always fun to watch. Um, lots of slick defensive stuff, but that's harder to, like, name. You know, Aldo, basically everything he does
0: is Have, Having is good defense hit. is aesthetically yeah. pleasing, I would say. <laughs> Not getting hit looks better than getting hit. Yeah. Shout out um, Leon.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to shout out Leon a ton in this episode. <laughs> the best ever.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. Um, in an MMA, if, if a wrestler can uh, hand fight well and, you know, make quick transitions and, and be urgent with their their defense and, and all their different transitions, that's always really, really refreshing to see that, like, someone is actually working the, the the hand fight and working like uh, grip fighting working uh all, all the transitional things you need to do in each wrestling exchange uh, like robert whitaker does a really good job like doing everything right uh, like i said applying force to it and uh, peter yen is the new one um who has like really great footwork as a wrestler like really active hands you know manip- manipulates levels well he just really gets it um he gets it more than the lifelong wrestler aljamain sterling got it which is really <laughs> funny um but, you know, when you're the wrestler coming in, sometimes you neglect it a little bit and you don't grow. And maybe you regress a little bit as a pure wrestler and you focus more in MMA and you lose some of those minor but very important skills. And when you're developing, you're trying to, like, raise your level as a wrestler. Sometimes that's when you're more open-minded and you commit more to that stuff. So it's funny how that happens. Um, I think Leon's another example of that, honestly. where He's, like, a better wrestler in MMA than a lot of wrestlers are at this point.
1: Yeah, he had the I'm British complex and just never stopped training in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, same with Bisping, really. I mean, Bisping still had a couple embarrassing performances from a wrestling perspective, but he definitely improved a ton and, you know, gave good credential to wrestlers a hard time in that respect. Um, cool. So that's a good question, Evan. Thank you. Um, yeah, if anyone's listening to this, feel free to uh, shout us out on Twitter and tell us what your favorite things are aesthetically because uh, I think everyone kind of has a different vibe. They, like, notice how Shuram and I didn't say the same things. Uh I gave like my meathead bro dude answer and Sharon was like I I like the gentleman work <laughs> behind jabs and straights. <laughs> a very efficient, you know, calculated style. That's so, the yeah. accountant style. Yeah, it's great. I like it. I like it. Um oh, people who kick good. Like the, uh, the, the good the good kicking boys. Um that's that's I think that's pretty universal, right?
1: I would think. Barbosa lost so me though
0: because he spent so long having terrible ring craft, but he's he's bounced back.
1: Yeah, Moikano's the one. Moikano's the one.
0: hmm Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a good question, Evan. So, I- I'm sure we could go on all day. Uh, also, uh, sorry, one more. Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> terms, uh, cho- the choky boys. People who be choking.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can appreciate all of those in Jiu-Jitsu, just because I tend to do chokes when I'm there, mm-hmm. but arm stuff really sucks. I hate being in those. I you tap not like out hand immediately. Stuff?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm an adult. So now we're gonna end this question, Evan. There you go. I have nothing more to add. Uh, we're gonna talk about the the UFC event, uh, the main event. I don't feel like spending that much time on it because how how deep does it really go? But Israel Adesanya is defending his middleweight title against Marvin Vittori. It is a rematch. They fought a few years ago. Um, it was pr- probably Izzy's most competitive fight on his way to the to the interim title shot. Is that true?
1: I would think. I mean...
0: His first fight was kind of a, a, a mess, but he, he also yeah he finished that guy.
1: Yeah, his, his first fight was just Rob Wilkinson kind of clinging to him, so you can't really call that super competitive because like he didn't get anything done. Um, after Vittorio was like... Tivarez, Anderson Silva. Anderson <laughs>
0: Silva. That yeah, was probably but, his second toughest fight on the way up, and it, it was he made it harder than it had to be.
1: Yeah. Actually, Vittorio was probably his toughest one uh, up to Gastelum, but it's also like not super competitive. It no, was like, it's
0: not. Vittori yeah. didn't get a lot done.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, even on the ground, it was a lot of Vittori just selling out on control and Adesanya just wrestling himself at a lot of points, so...
0: He did wrestle himself at one point.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't really have a ton to say about this. I think Vittori is, like, part of... So... This event in general, the top three fights, they all like seem really cool, but then you notice that it's like one really cool fighter on the left side, and one kind of okay guy who should get styled upon on the right side, which kind of makes it like weird to talk about if that makes sense. Uh, Here Israel Adesanya is the cool, you know, A-side, and Marvin Vittori is the kind of bland B-side type fighter. Um, But you know, Vittori has some traits that could make him tough for a lot of middleweights. Uh, He's tough, incredibly durable. Uh, he has a good cardio, he drives a solid pace. Uh, he's kind of like the King's sort of southpaw with like the rear kick and the left hand, but uh, not a lot of depth when it comes to that. And he wasn't anything different when it came to the Adesanya fight. He's probably improved since then, but he's also not really gained any tools. Um, Adesanya in the first fight really, really confused him with his ring craft, uh, where Vittorio would try to, like, enter with the double jab, and Adesanya would just angle back and slip or change directions, and Vittorio would just follow him looking mad, um, so I don't really see the dynamic changing, Adesanya definitely hasn't, like, declined <laughs> since then, he's improved a, a good amount, uh, pretty much everywhere, um, and if Vitoria is going to rely on cage wrestling, it's going to be really tricky, in my opinion, both getting into the fence and beating Adesanya in the clinch. Like, there's a sort of there's a way in which like the uh, the King Southpaw sort of mold could annoy Adesanya a lot, where someone who could just pressure really patiently, uh, push him back, push him to the fence, beat him in the clinch, and wrestle him. I don't think is that guy. I think you would need someone significantly better at doing all of those things than Marvin Vittori is.
0: Yeah, from a wrestling perspective, I understand the implicate you know, not the implication, but the impulse to be like, well, Jan does wrestled him <laughs> a bit, and Vittori is a wrestler in a way, and he might be a better skill-wise wrestler than Blockwitz. I like I could get I could get behind that just in general terms that that might be true. I think holistically Vittori is a, is a better wrestler than Jan. Um, I think he could pure wrestle better, but he's also Probably. doesn't really have the style to optimize it, and he's kind of stiff. Um, kind of being a little bit generous. He's not slow. He can definitely exert a lot of effort to make to to do things quickly. Uh, I mean, relatively, he puts a lot of uh, effort behind things. I would yeah. say. And that that definitely contributes to it. But I think just like naturally he's kind of slow. So it's kind of awkward for him to get to the wrestling situations he wants to, which is why working against the cage was so good for him, like against Holland. Um, Because you can really take your time with that. And and the setups aren't as uh, athletically dependent. So I I guess that could be a path. But like you said, the ring craft really, he didn't have an answer for it (laughs) in the first fight. His ring craft has not gotten any better. Uh, Source, I've watched at least two of his fights since then <laughs> against Hermansen and um, Holland and he just walks forward mostly um, <laughs> so yeah, the Hermanson fight was literally just the two of them going linearly ac- back and forth across the cage doing the same combinations <laughs> for five rounds, it was incredible Yeah, it was how it didn't change, not that it was good
1: yeah, it was just like You could play the first exchange over and over and over, and it'd be the exact same fight. I think it was like it was either Vittori would hand fight and throw the left hand, Vittori would hand fight, Hermanson would panic, throw the right hand, and Vittori would counter him with the left hand, or Vittori would eat a couple uppercuts. That's like the entire fight three exchanges.
0: And Kevin Holland is bad. So that fight didn't tell us everything. Except that Vittori can be hit by someone who is bad, and it kind of freaks him (laughs) out. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. i am not feeling very confident in vitory's chances to do anything to anyone who's good um but you know let's just say Izzy's worse than we think that's like devil's advocate position really i think what happened in his last fight was jan was good and bigger than him and had a good style and a good game plan to do it and it worked out um, like things that we didn't really see coming is his kick defense really held up and he was really conservative with his offense uh, to you know keep his combination shorter and be more responsible i think responsible is a better word for conservative um not that wasn't a political statement
1: it was an accident
0: <laughs> <laughs> i swear um, no not conservative responsible are different things actually now I'm making a political statement. There you go. But, yeah, I just think we expected him to be a little sloppier in that regard and maybe to be a little bit more there for the for the picking uh, from mid-range. But, no, he was really defensively strong um, and, and kept his combination simple and you know kicked on, on his exits and did all the things he needed to do. And then when Izzy got more aggressive to try to take back the lead, essentially, that's when the wrestling started to become more available because uh, Jan was pretty much entirely based on a reactive Uh, Timing for his double and his body lock. So I think it was just a a culmination of a lot of things going right for Jan. Uh, And Vittori forces things to happen. You know what I mean? He's not like a everything's going to fit into its place type of fighter. He has his things that he does, and he's going to try to do them to you enough times to win. Um, And that sounds like what Izzy would want more than anything in the world. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I think Jan was the sort of fight where, well, it's also another thing with the frames of both guys. Jan is, like, we talked about this in the group chat a while ago, Jan is massive. Mm -hmm. Like, it it doesn't register how big he is, because I remember, yeah, I remember thinking he'd have to cover some distance distance against Izzy just because he was so wide. But it turns out he's both wide and tall. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, So that was one thing. Vittori in the first fight was notably shorter than Izzy. Uh, he tried to kick Izzy, but it didn't really work, and his kick defense doesn't hold up nearly as well as Jan's. And I think that's one thing, is that Jan really needed Izzy to sit down and plant in order to wrestle. Uh, Izzy was, like, sitting down on big combinations in the pocket, trying to cross-counter and go into big things. And that's when Jan would draw out his lean and then take him down off that. I don't think Vittori has that amount of nuance strategically. I don't think he has that tactically either. Uh, he's probably just going to chase after Izzy, try to push him against the fence to wrestle, which is what he did in the first fight of, Good bit, but the pressure didn't really work, as we mentioned before. Uh, he did have one like decent. I think the entry where he took him down uh, in the third round was kind of okay, where he drew out Izzy's like big weave and then tried to shoot with that. And uh, he eventually got it because Izzy was able to like sprawl out at the angle, but uh, Vittori just kind of turned and Izzy lost his balance right away. So it was it was a weird takedown, like just the basics of chain wrestling confused Izzy, and that's like a spot for Vittori. But Vittori still didn't do all that much on the ground. Izzy got up. Uh, after a couple of minutes, it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't kabibing him or anything. It seems like Vittori's spots of advantage are a little bit too small here for him to do much, where Izzy was able to pretty much just shut him down through the first two rounds. Uh, not beat him up super badly, necessarily, but do did take a commanding lead through those rounds. Uh, yeah, it's a tricky fight. Like, you need some level of tact to really pressure Izzy, and I don't think Vittori really has it. Uh, this kind of reminds me in terms of, like, tone. It reminds me of max holloway versus frankie edgar where holloway went up fought dustin poirier lost in a fight that didn't really have him looking like terrible but he came back down and fought a guy who was way less dynamic than before and won really comfortably even if it wasn't like the most confident performance i think that seems fairly likely as to what's going to happen here where this is just you know waiting for robert whitaker to be ready again uh, hey why not fight marvin Vittori? he's not super tough uh i think that's kind of what it's going to look like i think it's just uh, Izzy shutting Vittori down and winning a fairly conservative decision
0: yes uh, and just a note on that single leg they hit on Izzy uh, basically he was head inside you know, fully basically fully sprawled out on can you hear the train?
1: yeah I can hear the train sorry
0: cool. I live by the train now <laughs> 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 um, it's
1: cool I appreciate it
0: it's, it's he was basically completely sprawled out on from the head inside single and is like okay I'm done and then like tried to get up, but he started to build up and Vittori was like, well, I also would like to build up. And then once he was even a little bit on his base, uh, he, he pulled the ankle through and he shelled the leg, uh, out, out toward his right, I believe. And as just hip went down and Vittori covered super easily, and Izzy he just like did not expect him to do another thing. Um, he's like, I'm just going to keep my hip straight back and oh, what about my leg? I don't need it. Um, what are legs? So he's definitely gained more experience wrestling since then um but he's still a little slow to to get his you know defenses going uh he he mostly just likes to get his hips straight backward which works out for him a lot of the time because people are trying to take him down from far away enough that they're already not that deep on his hips um but like jan was finding ways to get him planted and with singles um sometimes all you need is a bite and you can work through it but if he can limp leg won't be as much of an issue but that's a big if right (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think
0: we've seen him do that before. Yeah, um, he's got to watch some Aldo and be like, oh, that's all I have to do? I could do that. He's he's super good at framing and stuff like that. It should come very naturally to him. I don't know why it hasn't, but we'll see what happens. I think it's yeah. because his response to everything is sprawl, and you can't really do both of those things at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's a different sort of context. Where A lot of his frames tend to be, like, in the open or from the upper body clinch. And even there, like, when Vittori had the body lock at one point, uh, this is what we were talking about when he wrestled himself, uh, where he (laughs) tried to, like, throw Vittori from the overhook, from the wizard. He just, like, he tried to... like, crank him in one way, but then he was also, like, dropped down into a squat, and Vittori just kind of had to follow him, and Izzy just fell down. It looked like a professional wrestling sort of takedown, where, like, one guy's clearly helping the other take him down. Uh, But, yeah, I think the limp legging would be a big improvement here for Izzy, but I'm not really sure that's in the cards. Um, I think this is just kind of a fight to see where Izzy is, like, psychologically, if anything. Uh, he might go in and try to really prove a point with Vittori and chase him around and beat him up. Or he might just, you know, fight it fairly conservatively. I expect the latter one just because Vittori is probably going to give him enough inputs that Izzy's going to win clearly on the counter. But it's a, it's an interesting enough fight considering where middleweight is. It's not, you know, Adesanya-Whitaker too, but what is? Uh, it's middleweight, so we have to be happy with what we have. Um, either either way, whoever wins, they should be fighting Robert Whitaker, and that's an interesting fight, I think. I mean, Vittoria Whitaker isn't super compelling, but Whitaker winning is always cool. And uh, yeah, Whitaker it's the only reason the Marfan Victoria would awesome. be good
0: news is because now Rob can get the title.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's v- Vittori is like the easiest work in the world for Rob. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, I- interesting enough, I guess.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, the co-main event is a fight that we covered this week, although. processing for this freaking video man we recorded it on monday and i put it on drive on monday and still hasn't finished processing i'm gonna look at it right now i uploaded a second copy like you said yeah let's see nope still processing first video is done oh Oh, yeah oh yeah okay so (laughs) by the time this podcast comes out then this will be up that's good i'm gonna do that right away as soon as we're done behind Um, the scenes there you go there you go what a (laughs) relief um It's it's Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. The video in question is bad calls, which is because the first fight was a robbery. Now, a draw can be a robbery because the win was taken from Davis and Figueredo. It wasn't given to Brandon Moreno, but a loss wasn't given to him, and that was not a fair exchange of results. Yeah,
1: uh, and some of our friends call it a drawberry which makes some sense. Uh, so it's, a, it's an undue draw. Uh, Figueredo kind of beat him up for a lot of the fights. You'll see it in bad calls, uh, which you should watch. But it, the dynamic seems like it comes down to Figueredo and his approach. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, he doesn't need to change his approach at all is the funny thing. He could fight the exact same fight. It could go exactly the same, and he should win again because he only lost one round, <laughs> which is uh, pretty dominant, I would say. But... Yeah, it sounds like he he was inspired watching Usman, which is a very interesting place for Davis <laughs> and Figueroa to draw inspiration. Uh, but I don't I don't hate it. Uh, yeah, he um, he said he liked how how Usman was just kind of working behind his jab and and going one twos and like simple counters, like going to the body a little bit. And he wants to you know kind of pare down his game and, and fight like that and be a little less wild. I kind of hate that uh, just because I t- we talked about the things we like aesthetically. And him being like just a, a hooking madman uh, and just like he's destroying awesome. people and throwing just hammers uh, in tight, that is my favorite thing that he does. It's just ridiculous. But he's also good for mid range. He has some cool counters and has good long weapons, which is why he's like such a, a threat on the feet, is he can hurt you everywhere. Uh, and he can freaking elbow you in a million different ways. So <laughs> I, I like his, his diversity of his offense and how he just kind of freeform jazz. Uh, power bombs you over and over again uh but you know career longevity it's it's smart i guess and moreno uh i i think he could be uh held off a little bit by a lower volume approach from fig uh, or or you know if they relies a little bit more on counters and keeps a little bit more of a distance i think that could be interesting um either way i, I think he's probably gonna knock him out but just real quick in terms of the wrestling uh pretty disappointed in Figueiredo in that fight, um, the body lock defense—he didn't really even think about it. He he didn't do much with his lower body <laughs> when he got body locked by Brandon Moreno. He mostly just double overhooked, and uh, I don't I don't know what he thought was going to happen, which is weird because he has this like, uh, like a fo- a folk style you would call it for his region in Brazil, wrestling base. Yeah, and I'm sure there's defense in it. Um, but I I don't know, I don't know what's up with that, but he doesn't necessarily need to get any better in that card to beat Moreno, but he he should.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Moreno didn't really get anything done in the grappling, I'm not even sure they're didn't score at
0: all in any of those situations, but the judges like it, which is an issue.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure Moreno's even much better of a grappler than Figueredo. I said that before the first fight, and it kind of panned out just because Moreno looked like the better wrestler, but he didn't necessarily get anything done from on top or, you know, anywhere. So, yeah, it's a weird sort of... I think this is the kind of fight where Figueredo can just take some time to fix some stuff that he just generally struggles with. But it's also interesting because I agree. I think uh, Moreno can just struggle with Figueredo walking him out to counters. That's what we saw in the fifth round where Figueroa just let Moreno do whatever he wanted, but Moreno was too kind of shell-shocked by the early aggression to really do much. Um, if Moreno decides to take this one a bit calmer, I think Figueiredo can beat him there, too. Uh, mm-hmm. He relied on counters in the first fight, too. It's just that he relied on drawing them out really, really frantically with his pressure. Uh, you know, he drew out Moreno's jab in his left hook and just beat the crap out of him with the cross-counter for, like, the entire fight. Uh, Figueroa's cross-counter is just this beautiful. I love it so much. Uh, and... I think the Usman thing is kind of weird because I can appreciate Figueredo being like, okay, I want to pressure a little bit more measuredly uh, and like hit the body at range instead of just jumping into the pocket. But I'm not sure there's anything here that Moreno can do to stop him from doing that. Uh, and you know, I think there are ways in which Figueredo can make this look a lot easier. Uh, the open side kicking worked really reliably in the first fight. like He was never punished for it, even if Moreno blocked it a couple times. Uh, it had a visible effect on Moreno's arms in the fifth round, which is something to look out for. Uh, and like just the counter punching in general worked out super super well, uh and he could probably just go really really hard at moreno 's body early and get him out of there, but i'm not really sure what he 's thinking with the Usman comparison if he 's going to be like high Guardy or whatever he's going to
0: become a wrestler
1: <laughs> that was I'd the secret meaning. <laughs> fig just getting that the fucking right hand into single leg and beating the crap out of he did the
0: weave into a bunch of single legs against moreno didn't he
1: uh, i think he hit one i know he um
0: he did it at least twice
1: yeah he rolled through and,
0: and just lifted through the leg and moreno was like whoops i don't have a base just fell over <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i remember against pantoja in like the first couple minutes of the fight he like pulled a, a lead hook from Pantoja, weaved underneath, and got a double. So he does have some good timing on that sort of thing. It's just nothing he's systematized, obviously. And he's really mean on top. We've seen that several oh, times. Yeah. Um, and bottom. Of, yeah, yeah, lots of short elbows in both positions. Uh, does body work on the ground, I believe, which is cool. But, yeah, I don't think this is a particularly dangerous fight for Figueredo. We've seen it before, which is what makes me more confident uh, right. Moreno can really <laughs> deal with the scrambling Uh, and didn't really look to have a path on the feet, couldn't push a pace without getting countered really, really hard several times in a row. Uh, So, yeah, should be a solid Figueredo win. I just hope he shows something different. Uh, Still fun, still usual Figueredo, but something improvement. Um, Yeah, it's fun. I always love watching Figueredo. He's super cool and uh, probably deserves more credit than he gets for being a a fairly clever, functional fighter, given, you know, the way that he fights.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. He's the perfect flyweight champion at the moment. Um, really like the, the anti-DJ, but still, you know, great. But DJ would yeah. beat him, for the record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so watch Bad Calls, the and Figuereda versus ben- Brennan Moreno. You can listen to that and, and sync up your video with ours. Or you can just watch the video version on Patreon. Uh, when you listen to the audio version, just fair warning, I'm going to shame and bully you for doing that. Um, so if you don't want to endure that, then I would go... To the video version then I'm still you're still gonna hear me do it but it won't be directed at you so it won't feel as bad
1: yeah it's always fun to laugh at people getting bullied rather than be the one who's bullied right right so <laughs> well, we're very well adjusted people
0: I think uh, it was smash smash only who described this as kind of like a stockholm syndrome situation <laughs> where we you know convinced our, our patrons that they like being bullied by us and now they just pay us to do it to them um Oh I God, think that's are pretty thin accurate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Oh no! It's kind of like a good cop, bad cop routine. There, there are some good cops. I don't know who they are, but they're not me. Um, I mean, and then there's we're, like Ryan, and Ryan's we're the worst. we comparatively the worst cop. good
1: cops. Yeah, compared to Ryan.
0: I don't think any guys. of us should be cops. I'm sorry I said it, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's too late now. I've... We can we can end the site now that we've become cops. <laughs> canceled uh, let's talk about leon edwards that, that's one way to redeem ourselves
1: uh yeah leon edwards versus nate diaz uh, as you mentioned we're talking about leon edwards because there's not much to say about nate diaz um i guess we should start with diaz who is kind of right. not great at this point yeah. <laughs> um, walked onto a bunch of hook counters from pettis and had to infight him which does not bode well against leon edwards um so Edwards' game—he's a backfoot counterpuncher, southpaw double attacker type. Really strong defensively in terms of like his pocket defense doesn't need a great deal of like depth. It has depth, but it doesn't need a ton because of how good his clinch entries are. When guys really try to crowd him and go off in the pocket, uh, his clinch entries are just brilliant. He can like slip a shot and grab the clinch. Um, his clinch game is fantastic. Lots of uh, he cuts angles in there really well where he gets that overhook and the head pit and the head position. Um, And Just cuts a really sharp angle where guys aren't even facing him It's like I remember Gunnar Nelson trying to like break the structure and like you could see the look on his face He just couldn't figure it out Uh, and Leon can just knee at will and elbow people from there Uh, strong body locker uh, good on top has like a wrestling aka type top game Um, I Think he beat up Peter Sabata from on top basically elite in every phase Uh, Really smart fighter, very, very well put together, and uniquely capable, I think, of beating Nate Diaz up, even past the whole tons of scar tissue on his face, just the best elbows in the game thing. Um, If Nate is going to lean on his clinch moving forward, like the inside, pressuring guys to the fence, uh, getting, like, the underhook and head position or, like, wrist ties or whatever, Leon Edwards is going to kill him for that. Just, there's no question. Edwards is just going to beat the crap out of him. It doesn't, there's... It's not even competitive in that range. Diaz has lost in the clinch several times, and Edwards is the best clincher in maybe the sport. It's very possible.
0: Yeah, it's just like competency-wise, maybe best clincher in the sport. Uh, like strategically, no, because that would require yeah. ring graft, which he doesn't have. That's, that's not really going to matter that much in this fight. Uh, but yeah, if you just like historically, like who beats Nate Diaz, uh, guys who can low kick, that's Leon Edwards. Uh, Guys who are bigger than him, that's Leon Edwards. Edwards. Uh, Guys who are bigger than him and can wrestle, that's Leon Edwards. Guys (laughs) who have good top games, uh, that's him. Guys with good defense, that's him. Um, British people? Has he ever lost to a British person?
1: I'm not sure. What about a Jamaican? Mm, Looking through his record, I'm not sure how many of those he's faced. We have
0: enough things in in our favor, but... (laughs) I just, if I could get another one, that would be, uh, helpful.
1: I mean, he did get his ass kicked by RDA, and Leon did not get his ass kicked by RDA. Does he have
0: any wins at welterweight?
1: Uh, Pettis, technically, but, In
0: 2010, he beat Rory Markham. Uh,
1: yeah, Rory Markham and Marcus Davis, who are, like, okay. Oh,
0: yeah, that was Beckett. That was Beckett welterweight. Uh, yeah. Uh the gregor win was at welterweight but that's not a welterweight yeah and yeah just pettis then i guess and pettis is also not a welterweight so no (laughs) not really um so i don't think this is going to be the time that he beats a welterweight um so no and if you want more information on why that's a no uh julian put out a good video on our youtube channel about this fight check it out this is julian's third video this week is gonna be coming out on Brennan Lachnan uh he's like oh do you mind if I do a bunch of videos like at once and send two at once instead of like doing them out over time just cause I just can only do them when I have time cause he got a new job congratulations um I was like Congrats. yeah sure So I was expecting that to mean like he'd send me like the videos for the next few weeks all at once he sent me three videos for this week all at once <laughs> what's wrong with him madman that's amazing but what 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 are you doing So, yeah. I like the rest
1: of our work rates. He's just blowing past us. I
0: I made everyone feel bad. I'm like, I'm outworking all of you. And he said, Oh, yeah. Challenge accepted. So, there you go. Nice competitive culture we have. Didn't bully him at all. Um, One more fight on this main card that is worth mentioning. It's uh, Paul Craig. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Demi and Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. Um, It it could be Maya's retirement fight. The next one could be, I don't know. but just thinking about like the Burns fight for Maya, he started pretty strong, didn't
1: he? Yeah, Burns had to get through the grappling before he could just take Maya's head off. Uh, and Bilal Muhammad, for all his strengths, like he's a, he's a well put together fighter. He knows what he's doing. He knows his strengths and his weaknesses. But he's not a dynamic fighter whatsoever. Um, Burns, at least he's like big and strong, even at welterweight. Bilal Muhammad isn't that sort of athlete, which makes a Maya fight kind of concerning for him. I think. Uh, because Burns got his back taken instantly by Maya. Maya got him to the fence. I think double legged him and took him, uh, took his back. So I-, I think there's a good chance this looks like Maya versus Lyman Good. But you know there are, there have been some shaky performances for Maya in his uh, recent past. Uh, Tony Martin was not great. Ben Askren was messy as hell. Uh, Tony Martin was probably more concerning because of the grappling, where Martin was able to just like lay it out against the fence and then ten ate him in round three. So. I don't know. It's weird. I Uh, think
0: Tony Martin is a better grappler than Lyman Good and Bilal Muhammad.
1: Almost certainly. Tony Martin Mm -hmm. has a good bottom game. Uh, And he was very uh, conservative in the Damian Maya fight. He never, you know, he was against the fence, and uh, Maya was like elevating his legs, trying to get him to turn to give up the back, and he just never did. Like, it seems simple, but a lot of guys would just, they'd want to get that back, and they didn't. Uh, So. Yeah, I think Bilal Muhammad is the sort of fighter who's going to take over hard against Maya if he does take over. Uh, good output, sh- decent boxer, but, you know, Maya's, I think Maya's probably the bigger man, right? And yeah, I think probably, so.
0: Um, Former middleweight?
1: Yeah, he probably has that old man strength. Uh, and a lot of guys just get tricked into grappling with Maya when they don't really want to. I don't really know if Bilal Muhammad's above that when like only the really strong, credentialed wrestlers have been above that for Maya.
0: So who knows? It's uh, what Dan Tom called uh, dad jiu-jitsu. And I, th- I think it's, uh, he said it's it's the winningest jiu-jitsu style in MMA. Just like the guys who aren't in their physical primes at all, um, aren't doing anything in the most efficient way, but they just, they get it done. They figure it out. Um, and Maya, when he's not getting like, you know, Smoked. athleted by Gilbert Burns, uh, I think he can still do that to a lot of people. And I like Bilal. I think Bilal is pretty good. But I don't think Blal is good enough in any one area that's going to stop him, you know, stop Maya from getting all over him right away. So I I, I do think that Maya gets another strong start, but we'll see what happens after that. But it makes sense to pick him, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm not really completely sure which way I'm going with this. It's just, it's an interesting enough fight considering, like, considering where Maya is in his career, no fight against a top 15er should be interesting at all. But this season that's kind of a credit to Maya.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Uh... Yeah, then Paul Craig's fighting is the first fight. So you could, like, take a break. Um, you know, download the commentary for your prelim headliner recording. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll be doing, I think. Doing doing some work there, because we might even... Jeez. I think we should just do the top three fights for recordings. If we do the Maya fight, too, uh, I'm going to die.
1: Yeah, it'd be really tough
0: because I feel like we got to do at least one of these prelim fights um Drew Dober versus Brad Liddell why do you think that's a fight recording commentary for
1: uh I mean I think Brad Riddell is a fighter who's he has a so our friend Dan Martin wrote a couple of uh, articles on Brad Riddell, and he's really really fun he does a lot of cool stuff but the way the place that he operates it's really dangerous to be there with Drew Dober Uh, Dover, he's already spoiled Nasrat Hack Price before by just being a really powerful, committed combination puncher. Um, He's, like, I think there's a lot of good things about him that are not his wrestling. Uh, He's pretty solid at pressuring. He can feint into range. He puts together fairly clever combinations as a southpaw. Um, He's not defensively all that, but, you know, Brad Wardell has also struggled in that respect. I think this one's pretty reliably going to be a really fun, close war. Uh Riddell is definitely the more polished guy, he's better defensively, but he's there a little bit too much to like really shut Dober out if that makes sense. And uh I don't know, I mean, is is either one the better wrestler? I'm not sure they are.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Like Dober's been around for long enough and we've seen him like wrestle before, but he's never really been that great at it. So there's something. So it's all it's pretty reliably gonna be both guys kicking each other very hard at the edge of the pocket. And punching each other very hard when they're in the pocket. Uh, tough to really come up with a dynamic, but I think Riddell's the cleaner guy and probably gets it. Uh, but who knows? It's a, it's a really fun fight. I'm looking forward to this one.
0: And they're both just dimes. Just <laughs> beautiful men. Uh, super handsome, chiseled. Uh, jaws, great physiques. Uh, just, you know, total total chads um, in, in every respect. So that's going to be a, a sight to see.
1: Yeah, I feel privileged to have ever talked to Drew Dober.
0: Mm-hmm. With it, with his shirt off,
1: yeah, it's insane, but yeah, I guess I'm rooting for him. It's just that you know Brad Riddell is a fighter who a lot of our staff actually likes a lot, especially the kickboxing contingent. So who knows? I mean, CKB definitely isn't doing that badly, so uh, it, it could be interesting to see how he, Brad Riddell develops.
0: Mm-hmm. And then another really interesting prelim fight is uh Ivloyev versus Hakim Dewadu. Uh, I am sad that they are matching them up so soon. It's not, like, that soon, but, you know, I think, is Hakim ranked at this point? I know Ivoyev is ranked, but, like, yeah, they're yeah, both just becoming is... ranked fighters. Give him, like, I don't know, two more fights before you do this to him. Like, I feel like it's a little soon, but uh, as long as they treat it like a big win for either guy, I, I think that's fair, uh, That that's a proper reward for, for, you know, matching them up with a guy of this caliber. And I feel like they're at really similar levels right now in terms of what we can expect for them. Maybe Ivoyev a little higher. Although, uh, Hakeem did, did beat Arce, which is uh, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Hakeem was booked against Shane Burgos before Burgos fought Barboza. So mm-hmm. I think they were trying to like delay it a bit because they were like cashing out on Burgos, which was unfortunately accurate. But yeah, this is kind of a weird fight to make. Uh, it's a, yeah, um, I'm not really sure why they're doing this at this point, but I expect it to be a lot of fun. Uh, Hakeem struggled with Zubair Tokugov, trying to draw him out and hit him with the right-hand counter. Uh, he doesn't really like doing all that many things uh, early in fights, but Movsar is going to force him to do those things, and I think that's what makes this fight really interesting, right? Uh, Movsar is a really committed, volume sort of striker. He's not the best defensively in the pocket, but he does do a lot of jabbing. Uh, he pressures really considerably. He's a strong wrestler, and all of those are things that is going to have to respond to. Uh, Dawudu, for his part, he's a really strong outside kicker. He's very good on the counter, uh, which is why... Zubaira trying to draw him out didn't really work out that well. He's tremendous in the clinch. One of the better clinchers of featherweight, I think. And I think that could give Vivloyev some uh, resistance. Um, I think that's why he beat Julio Arce, right? Arce tried to kick a bunch. Hakim just kicked him on the counter. Anytime uh, Arce got something going in the pocket earlier in the fight, Daudu just clinched him and held him there uh, and beat him there. So... I think that would be kind of an underratedly tricky fight for a lot of really good fighters. Like Hakeem versus someone like Calvin Cater would even be uh, somewhat interesting, uh, even though, you know, Cater probably beats a bunch of guys on initiative that Hakeem doesn't. And Muzar is going to give Hakeem the sort of fight where he's going to look good, I think. It's just the sort of fight where I also don't know if he can make, uh, he can, like, completely nullify his Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's just worth noting that so far all of uh Evloyev's like really tough fights in the UFC like outside his debut um, have been against guys who were trying to wrestle him and trying to grapple him so he's gotten to show off a lot of his you know anti-wrestling and defensive wrestling Um, a a little bit of his offense but mostly his defensive wrestling is what's been uh, showcased I believe uh, and his scrambling ability and that's you know a a whole different kind of fight to win in the striking I believe Uh, is, is out striking someone who's trying to take you down versus out striking someone who's just trying to strike with you um, I think it's going to be a big test for him. We're going to have to see his uh, striking in context that we haven't seen yet in the UFC. Uh, and for Hakeem, it's like if, you know, Evloya does try to offensively wrestle a decent amount, he's good, but it's. I don't know. Like in the Barzola fight, when Evloya when, uh, wrestled offensively, a lot of it was like sloppy or, you know, not set up well or just not really integrated and like weird. Um, his defense looks so much like so much better uh, yeah. so i don't know to is isn't that that all that <laughs> as a wrestler either i think there was like bocniak or um Arce ended up on his back but... RC ended up on his back so yeah. i think if, if loev does choose to grapple offensively it could be a factor um but it might not be like a definitive thing that he wrestles him uh, i i think he's gonna mostly look to strike with him but if, and it's hard with like a counter striker to enforce that, but we'll see what he comes up with. And I think we're going to learn the most about both of them that we have so far in their UFC careers. So that's pretty great.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I think, um, I don't know who I'm rooting for in this one. I think he super promising, but Hakeem also kind of deserves, like he got beaten by that random guy in his UFC debut. Danny Henry. But, uh, why do you know that? But... <laughs>
0: Cause I wrote about him right before that. I was <laughs> like, look at this guy. He's so good. And he loses to this guy who sucks. I'm like, oh, oh no.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, after that, he's been he's looked really good in pretty much all his fights. Like, he's had some tough points with guys who didn't really want to engage him. But Ivoyev is not that guy. Uh, you know, like Yoshinori Horie, you had to, like, track him down. And, you know, Horie was, like, doing a very weird, like, outfighter impression. And gassed out and Dowdy just killed him. So there's a there's a lot of fun fights in both guys' records so far, and I think they match up in an interesting way. So um, this one is one that we should probably commentate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this takes precedence over uh Dobra Riddell but we'll try to do that too. Yeah. And then uh we'll see what we do for the main card. But yeah, that's uh that's it for this card. So I remember PFL Thursday, which is I guess will be today. It's being released. Oh, true, Wednesday um, so now. Tonight, yeah. Uh, tonight for you listening and uh yeah and then UFC on Saturday and we'll do some commentary and uh yeah just uh stay tuned for more updates on things uh the last piece of the greatest UFC fights of all time series is almost over you'll never guess what the number one fight is you're gonna be shocked that the fight site would pick <laughs> this fight as their number one fight of all time Uh, And the commentary is also in progress for that one. So there's going to be an article and a video coming out on that. And then uh, we'll get started on something else and we'll set a new uh, fundraising goal and we'll keep on chugging. Uh, Little development. We'll see how it goes. I'm looking for a podcast producer because someone mentioned like, hey, you'd probably get more viewership on your podcast if it was produced. And I was like, that's true. (laughs) Um, It's just like, like breaking up the flow a little bit. Uh, but as well as, like, maybe some audio editing to, you know, deal with that. And to someone who's willing, to, like, has the time and effort to make our podcast nice. So, that if you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try. We're going to try to figure that out. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got. Anything from you?
1: Uh, No, I'm going to see if there's anything interesting worth writing about. I'm working on a Figueredo thing, but uh, I'm not really sure if it'll be done. I started it a really long time ago and then I went, I'm do it after Moreno and then I just let that slip. So I might just do it after Moreno this time too, but who knows? Um, yeah, but I'm working on that. It should be out soonish. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all from me.
0: Cool. Uh, one more thing from me is that just, I'm going to try to be more active with the Patreon series. So the two that I've been doing is a resume review and, uh, bad calls, uh, Think I will try to do one of both every week if I can, because I, I, you know, ask the patrons, what do you want? And they said more, more of the same, really, and uh, there was a lot of uh, calls to to bad calls and um, resume review that they want more of that. Bad calls is honestly easier to do than resume <laughs> review because at this point I'm really only doing one or two fights at a time, uh, whereas with resume review it's at least like three fights. But it is more intensive to do a, a bad calls fight because it's like constantly weighing yes, the action yeah that was like it's like, it's a lot of effort right yeah now that you've done both um whereas resume review is a little more relaxed um you're doing a different kind of evaluation you kind got to focus on the theme so yeah. well, i'll do a bunch soon usually it's just like i look at who's on the cards I'm like oh, is there anyone worthy of resume review here okay no i'll do bad calls um that's kind of how i've been doing it but uh, there's room there's room for both so Look forward to that. I'll probably start trying to do that next week. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So thank you for listening. We'll be back to our normal schedule. No more crazy parties until (laughs) the next terrible fight weekend, and we'll uh, take some more questions then. Cool?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Later.